back to another episode of Talking Pack, the official sports podcast of the Nevada Sagebrush. I am your host, Derek Raritan, and with me again is Dom Gutierrez. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? I'm doing all right. <laughs> a little bit under the weather, sadly. Just started getting the uh, first things of a cold. Thankfully, medicine has been treating me well. So, also disclaimer, I may sound a little bit different for the next, like, week. But no, yeah, I- I've been all right. It's been a fun week. It's been a better week. It's- last two weeks have been rough for me, but we're doing good. It's getting better. No, no, it's getting better. <coughs> I think this- as the semester rolls, we'll be getting better. So, because also we didn't have 401. So, exam week is always nice. <laughs> um, okay, on the ballot this week. A lot of basketball talk again. Uh, Jared Lucas hit 2,000 career points. A huge accomplishment for the big guard himself. Uh, Trey Coleman went off against Wyoming. That's always interesting. Women's basketball has been doing pretty well over the last couple of games. Sadly, got blanked in their last matchup, which we'll talk about here in a second. But not a bad performance considering there's a lot of question marks. So good for them. We're getting all that and then a little special announcement at the end of the episode. And again, we'll, that'll be towards the end. But before we do anything else, we have another edition of A Week in Review where we talk <coughs> about the last week and uh, this week, week and a half of sports. Sadly, we had to uh, delay it due to yeah. stuff going on. But, or recording, delayed, excuse me. So, but now we're back, and we're going to start off with softball. Softball played in the Silicon Valley Classic, and they won five of their six games. They beat Santa Clara on February 15th by a score of 12-5. to Then the next day, on February 16th, they beat Portland State 7-1, to and then Fordham University 6-1. to The team played both schools again, but in reverse order, so they played Fordham first, and then Portland State. And they beat both programs yet again by a score of 13-7, or to excuse me. And three to two. And then lastly, on the final day, the program played Seattle University and lost six to three. A very rough end to a tournament that they probably could have won, honestly. Mm-hmm. So kudos to them. Uh, they will now play in the Pacific tournament starting in t- uh, February 23rd to the 25th. And then baseball also played their first series of the year against UC Riverside on February 16th through 18th. They won the first game 12-3 to and then lost the second the next day 7-11 to and they won the rubber match by winning 13-3 to in the final game. Their next game was scheduled against UC Davis but it was canceled due to weather so they will now play against san francisco university from the 23rd to the 25th of february big dogs getting the first series done it's fun to see these uh (coughs) programs play i will say i'm looking Mm -hmm. forward to going to games this year exactly in the middle of everything there was the men's tennis program who played two matches over the last week both of them were on the road at first they played against a byu on february 16th and they lost one to six and then they played against the University of Utah the next day and lost 2-4. to four. A little quick reminder again, the final score is how many matches won versus how many matches lost. Just want to clarify that because I know some people may or may not have listened last week. <laughs> so, uh, they will play two more matches before next week. One will be against er- number 22 ranked Arizona State, and the other will be against Grand Canyon University. Hopefully they can start winning consistently. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. No disrespect to the team, but damn. (laughs) Going to the men's basketball with that now. They played three games in the last week and a half since we were last here. The first game was against New Mexico on the 13th, in which they lost a close 83-82 game. That went until the final possession. That had a questionable last play that we can talk about later. That hurt. Keenan Blackshear. Yep. Next was the first of two games in the Silver State Rivalry against UNLV on February 17th, in which the program came back from behind and took down the Rebels 69-66 to on the road. Some would say a nice one. (laughs) 
Sorry. Had to. <laughs> and then the last was against Wyoming, most recently on the 20th, as the team got the revenge from the Cowboys from earlier in the season, this time winning 76-58. to We beat them by, we only lost by five. Mm-hmm. So that's a hell of a win. Yep, exactly. And they'll play next against San Jose State on the road this time on the 20th of, no, excuse me, not the 20th of February. It will be the 23rd. Ooh, typo. My bad. So tomorrow, technically, of our day of recording. Yeah, today's the 22nd we're recording, so fair enough. Um, And then finally, we had the women's basketball program, who also played three games since last episode. The first was against San Diego State on the 14th of February, where the ladies beat the Aztecs 72-71 in a very close game. Maybe shouldn't have been, but whatever. The second was against Boise State on February 17th, where the team beat the Broncos 68-65 in an overtime thriller. The last was against Fresno State on February 21st. The Bulldogs sadly were able to stall out the pack's momentum as Nevada lost 57-45. to A very, very low-scoring uh, affair right there for both teams. Within the next week, or actually, excuse me, weekend, the program will take on UNLV in the second of their Silver State games at home on February 24th. So this Saturday. Looking forward to seeing how that game plays out, even though UNLV is the best team in women's basketball in the Mountain West right now. Yeah. It's going to be... Uh, yeah, I don't know. Especially from last time when we lost, so. That was rough. They almost doubled us. <laughs> that was bad. So now, let's talk men's basketball. Holy crap, who knew we'd be sitting here looking at looking at the Mountain West and seeing Nevada as a fifth seed, and they're still performing great. Because going into conference play, uh, we mentioned this a couple episodes ago, but going into conference play, I was worried that they were playing too easy of teams and they were getting away with bad stuff, and it showed. And now they're coming out and beating quad one quad two teams on a constant basis this is again credit nick davidson who's been doing great shout out trey coleman he uh, played amazing against wyoming like i said he had like 20 points off of four for seven shooting from deep and played amazing defense again so good to him the question i think i'm i'm trying to pose is where do they go from here and where will they finish because obviously we got like six games left in the season and depending on which bracket you're looking at we're a nine or ten seed right now we're currently 42nd or 43rd in net rankings everything is set to kind of go our way and most of our games are winnable excuse me at least winnable (coughs) some of them we should win Mm -hmm. so where do we go from here yeah i think like you said in terms of winnable on paper you know the rest of our games are more in our favor definitely looking at the last the remainder of the season we have san jose state colorado state fresno state boise state and then we close out with unlv so you know colorado state and boise state are going to be the two kind of tougher ones Um, i mean unlv you kind of always have to put up there just because of how the rivalry seems to work so but on paper i mean and obviously we already beat colorado state when they were ranked you know yeah we did lose to boise state but that was more towards the beginning of the season so you would hope that there'd be a big shift with that but i think it's because one that's one thing over the past couple games they've been playing a really great defense Mm -hmm. two especially in the most recent game with wyoming they actually made three pointers (laughs) which was because i think i was looking it was in conference play, Nevada has averaged about 35.3% from the three. Yeah. Against Wyoming, they shot 48.1%. Um, or no, excuse me, 42.3% from the three. 
I was going to say, that sounds a lot higher than, yeah. you, than what I thought. <laughs> but still, they beat their team average in conference play just from that one game. Yeah. Most of it was coming from Coleman, who has kind of been one of those unsung heroes, I think, along with Davidson. We talk about Davidson a lot. Yeah. He kind of just broke out, but Coleman, I think, is on that same kind of train. So I think it's if they can find some kind of identity in the three-point shot, that would be huge. Mm-hmm. I'm not expecting them to, and they don't need to, because you know they can shoot under 30% from the three and still win. So it's you know kind of whatever. But I think it's yeah, just keeping that one of keeping the strong defense, because that's what's gonna win you the games, and being able to actually um, win home games, because three out of our next what one, two, three, four, five games left, three of them are on the road. Yep. And we've obviously struggled on the road. So I think that's going to be the biggest factor. I think for me, and you touched on that a little bit too, is the defense. Mm -hmm. Right? And that's solely because um, of two players. Trey Coleman, which I already mentioned. Shout out Trey. He's genuinely been the backbone of our defense whenever we do amazing. And even when we're doing pretty bad on defense, it's either because he's not performing or because he's doing decent and everybody else kind of just letting them do it, letting the other team do whatever they want. So Trey's obviously up there, but I think another one that we have to talk about, well, there's two that we have to talk about, one positive, one negative. There's Daniel Foster, uh-huh. who, <coughs> let's be real here, I mean, yeah, he really didn't get too much of a notice last game because Trey was doing things both offensively and defensively, but Daniel Foster has been one of the reasons why some guards and even some uh, forwards, depending on you know which team we're playing, have not been scoring the way they should be. He's been playing amazing on-ball defense. He's been one of our best rotational, if not starter players, right? You can sub him in, sub him out whenever need be, and he'll immediately slot into a certain role regardless of whatever he needs. Not to mention he hit a really crazy last-second, like, turnarounds jump shot which i think was kind of badass mm-hmm. i ain't gonna lie but you know obviously his he's gonna be important to this too the other one and this is sadly we've come to this now uh kj himes let's be real here he's been more of a walking liability than he has been a productive player yes there have been a lot of moments especially in the beginning of the season where he's been able to really hone in get his craft and get in his bag get in offensive boards putting up free throws doing whatever he can to help offensively and then defensively just being a monster in the paint uh-huh. recently he has not been making free throws not at all like there's been, not all not at all but there's been a lot of times where i see him go to the free throw line and he misses at least one if not both especially in the last couple games right you can't be the best free throw maker in the entire world you can't be yeah. right well, you're still gonna yeah, miss he did go he went over four from the line in the wyoming game yeah so, and then on top of that, he's been a walking foul problem. Yeah, that's my biggest concern over too. Yeah, he's just genuinely been like, he's been averaging two, three fouls a game, yeah. which I understand. And then he obviously fouled out, what was it, this? San Diego State game, San Diego I think. State game. Yeah, game. it was he San Diego out. State game, he fouled yeah. out. I mean, a lot, to be fair, there was fouls flying everywhere. That was, game, a, but... that was the refs being like, we want to play the game too. Yeah. But end of times, he needs to get better at not draw, not being drawn fouls like not having fouls drawn on him Mm -hmm. and on top of that he needs to get back to that version of him where you can have you can pass it to him and sit back and just watch him make free throws or he'll go dunk it on someone's head he needs to get to that point and we haven't seen that since hell i I would say we haven't seen that since the diamond head classic right so and that was a month maybe month and a half ago no two months ago months ago yeah yeah because we're we're in late god we're in late it's almost march (laughs) next week is march that's insane but no, so it's like he needs to get back to that version of him because don't get me wrong, Jared Lucas can do good defense. Yeah. Kenny Blackshear can do good defense. But the tallest person now that dynamic duo is 6'6. 
And then you have Nick Davidson, who is 6'10", but then outside of him, you have Jazz Gardner and K.J. Himes as the two tallest guys. Like, And no no disrespect to Jazz, he really needs a lot more work, which is, it makes sense. He's a freshman. Right. So he has a lot more time to evolve his craft. But K.J.'s a senior, so he needs to really, really dive deep into what he was before and truly be an impact on this team more. I think that's where it comes down to is just uh, being – able to take the fouls and actually convert them on top of playing good defense and limiting our own fouls. Yeah. So, and then of course we need to stop playing hero ball too. <laughs> I think that was the big thing. You want to touch on that a little bit with Keenan. Yeah. Bit. I mean, I guess it's just from the uh, New Mexico game. It was, it's only I mean, the it New was, Mexico game. Cause for those of you who don't, you know, who maybe didn't watch the game or whatever, you know, it was within the final seconds. They have what? Pretty sure. What, I think it was like 18 before, seconds. Yeah, before we even get to the whole Keenan play, obviously it was frustrating that it even got to that point because Nevada allowed back not one, threes. yeah, two back-to-back wide-open threes. Yeah. I mean, that's what I said with a little over 20 seconds left. Nevada was winning 82-80, to 80, and, then that was, and then that's when the second three-pointer happened. Puts the Lobos up by one. And then, yeah, it was about... 18, 20-ish seconds left within the game. Nevada has the ball back. Just needs one point. Keenan's at the top of the key. He's holding it for a while. It gets down to, what, eight seconds until he finally starts to drive into the paint. And by that point, it only leaves enough time for one shot, which is clearly Keenan because he has the ball. Drives in with about four defenders in the paint. Totally misses it. Luckily, Foster gets a rebound and then passes back out to Keenan with time expiring and he airballs it. And the only thing, and I mean, I know... It's hindsight, so it's easy to say it when you're watching the tape because I was going over the video. And, you know, when he was driving in, there was about three people open. You know, Lucas, I want to say, I think it was Davidson who was open in the corner. Lucas opened not too far off of him either. And then I want to say, I think Coleman was in there as well on the other side. So he had options to go to. Yeah. And I'm also not going to sit here and completely blame Keenan because... What I did find interesting was, if you guys remember last year when Keenan hit the buzzer beater to win against New Mexico on the road, they ran the exact same play. Yeah. But that time last year, it worked. So I would say, I mean, I, I'm definitely not letting Keenan off the hook. You know, it was upsetting that Keenan's your big scorer. You know, he knows how to drive into the paint and score. So yes, you would want him to have the ball in that situation, but it comes down to when you can tell that play isn't going to work and you have that slow pace you got to just be able to pass it out, especially when you have your better shooters on the outside. I was going to say, this wasn't... I don't think that was a play that was Keenan's fault per se. I would honestly say it was definitely part Keenan and then part Alfred. Alfred. Yeah, just for Or whoever drew the play up. Yeah, Yeah. for drawing the exact same play up and, you know, expecting it to work this time, and New Mexico was able to adjust to it this time. Yeah, I think that game, there were a lot of miscues that went on that needed to be that were addressed thankfully and everything went forward with there but i think the biggest thing for me was the fact that it just seemed as if they're like okay let's give it to keenan you know i i understand like you mentioned earlier he's one of the best scorers on the team if not the best scorer on the team he has he has an elite driving ability and he's able to really create some amazing spectacular plays but we can't just sit here and say that and just go oh well that's off why he's off the hook because he missed it and like you mentioned, there was a lot of players open. There could have been a better play drawn up where like, hey, Lucas, maybe not have had the best of nights, but he was there. Nick Davidson, maybe try to get him cutting into the paint, right? And 
eyeing him. Like you said, Trey Coleman was open. Maybe he could have made a splash of three. I know he wasn't shooting well that night, but he could have done something right at the end, you know? So I think that was one of those cases where he was really forced to play the hero ball position that I mentioned earlier. Not necessarily like, oh, maybe he was, you know, maybe he was like, oh, well, that was his play. You know, he probably called for it. He probably asked for the ball. Everything else, just give the ball to me. Like maybe not. Maybe it was just Alfred being like, "Hey, you're you're gonna step up tonight," or whoever the play was like, "You're gonna step up tonight. Time for you to go save this game." And in the end, it just didn't work out. Like th- that was one of the few moments where a Mountain West ref held his whistle, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which yeah. is sad to say, but it's true. So now that we're like a week away from that, I'm not too upset with it anymore because it was just one game. Mm-hmm. And sure, it would have been a New Mexico game that would have ranked us most likely, or at least put us right in contention for ranking. End of times. We'll beat them in the Mountain West uh, Conference Championship if we if need be. I have a good feeling about them. It's just we need to re- we need to beat those threes and we need to stop allowing forwards and tall people to dominate both our inside and our outside play. Because yeah. New Mexico, let, we let them shoot so many times and there were like forwards making so many threes. It was so annoying. I was like, oh my god. So dumb. Yeah. So then we got women's basketball, too. They've been actually doing really well. And we did talk about this. They needed to form their identity outside of Claire Jacobs mm-hmm. because, obviously, she was an amazing player. Or not not, not was. She still is an amazing player. Hopefully, she gets to come back. But we, she needed to – the team needed to find their way without Claire. Simple and easy. And they have, surprisingly enough, with a freshman in – Izzy Sullivan, who's mm-hmm. been doing really, really, really good. She's gotten Mountain West Freshman of the Week four times. Yep. She's doing amazing. She's doing amazing. I, I think that as much as we're not going to see them in the Women's March Madness Tournament, no disrespect unless they win the conference tournament, they're not going to do anything. But I think that we can at least see them compete at a higher level in the Mountain West Conference Tournament than we thought that they were going to. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think their goal, I mean, like, from the outside looking in, I would imagine that their goal was 500. Get 500 this year. They're currently, what, 14 and 13? Yep. So they lost yesterday to Fresno State. Yeah, that was a little rough. I ain't gonna lie. I saw them playing, and I was like, oh, cool. Like, they did, like, the whole thing on the, uh, the Nevada women's basketball Twitter. They did the whole thing of, like, oh, my God, look at this player make the opening bucket. But I will say. And then say, they did that. <laughs> Last Saturday, I was at the Nevada Boise game. Yeah. That one was fun. That was a lot of fun. It went to overtime. And another one I want to shout out to besides Sullivan is Corey Davis. Davis, yeah. She's the one who hit the NBA level three to tie the game to go into overtime that day. She finished the night with 14 points that day, 5 for 12 from the field. Four for eight from the three. So I definitely think, um, and she didn't even start that game. She wasn't one of the five starters. She, she was like six in. or seven woman or man, um, I guess. Man, woman, same thing. Yeah, she was six. So yeah, she in was six. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Fair so enough. Yeah, definitely a shout out to Davis as well. I think that she's been uh, one of those, what is it? I would almost say kind of like a Davidson before he got hot mm-hmm. and pushed his way into the starting five. You know, just kind of that deep six person that you can throw in there. And, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if she found her way into the starting five heading forward. So, you know I mean, starting five is Roden, Sullivan, uh, Givens. Givens, thank you. Um, from that game, it shows Kennedy Lee and... I feel so bad for Kennedy Lee. She's uh, so good. Dominique Maxey. Thank you. I, honest to God, I need to memorize that a lot better. <laughs> but, no, yeah, so all of them do really well. But I think that having Davis do that like she's the scorer I think wasn't she the one that put up like 25 points or something like that in the game like I like the 2010 double double or something like that no that was Kennedy Lee so I don't know there's a lot of good chat like sneaky players on that team there's a lot of good like there's a lot of sneaky good players on the women's team that could really slot in as like a 
Maybe you're the fourth option. Maybe you're the third option. You know, maybe some nights you're the second option, depending on how it goes. Right. And I think there's just they found at least cohesion in the fact that now they have all these people, like these chess pieces at their disposal. Now it's just putting them in the proper places to make to help them succeed. And I think. Honest to God, what's the rest of their schedule looking like right now? What What is that? Do you have it pulled up, or do you um, want me to pull it up? After, so this Saturday, they play UNLV, UNLV again yeah. at home. Ouch. Um, and then after that, they only have three left, which will be Colorado State on the road, New Mexico on the road, and then San Jose State at home to close out the season. Okay. I know Colorado State's going to look for some vengeance because mm-hmm. of what they did to them at home. Now, of course, I was also with, with, with the kids' game. So the kids' game, I guarantee you, the yeah, the grade schoolers definitely helped right. amp up the uh, women's team a bit, which was it was actually really fun to see them celebrate with the kids after. Oh. That was very, very sweet. But, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I Again, we have three games left, and they're 14 and 13. So I think, genuinely speaking, they have a really good chance of being over 500, yeah. not at. So it'll be a huge improvement, I would say finding a little bit more consistency than yes. past in the past. Especially with a younger team too. Like our men's team is super freaking old. <laughs> while our men's team or excuse me, while our women's team is younger. Mm-hmm. Like she, I think the only person that was in danger of leaving was that I can think of was Jacobs. Mm. Everybody else at least has one or two more years. So they have a they have the chance uh, Amanda Levens has a really, really good chance of really turning this team into a uh what's it called? Turn this team into something a little bit bigger. Especially with a lot of these players having one more year left, or not a lot, but like some of these players having one more year left, that that's up. I'm looking forward to seeing this, man. I'm looking forward to seeing how this team progresses. I think we're done. It's a little bit of a shorter episode today. I'm not minded. It's nice. Yeah, just quick and easy done. Anyways, thank you all so very much for listening to this episode of Talking Pack. Make sure to follow us on our socials. Dom has elected to not give me a dead leg for forgetting to post on the socials this but past we week. We will be ramping that up. So. Yes, we will be. We are going to get in communication with a lot of different people to hopefully start getting our social medias up a bit more. Oh, yeah, we still have the special announcement, huh? Let's just say we have for our next episode that will be airing on Monday. Oh, we're recording on um, Monday. Yeah, recording on Monday. We will have a, I would say, a highly toted person at this university, even though... He's new. Yeah, they're new, um, but... It'll be a special guest, and we're excited for them to join us. And it should be a pretty fun episode. It's going to be our first guest on the show. Yeah, don't want to name names, but they yeah, yeah. are—they're very highly toted at the university already in their short time here. So it's going to be a lot of fun interviewing them, I think. And we will be changing our format for that, so we will just be doing a straight interview episode for that one. So sadly, you're not going to hear all of our commentary i'm looking forward to interviewing them i think it's gonna be a lot of fun anyways thank you so much uh for listening make sure to follow us on our socials we will be posting now i hope you all have a blessed week and weekend and we look forward to yeah we, we just look forward to the future and to next week especially so thank you very much and i hope you all have a great one have a good one